You know what, Sam? What? You ready for some Canes After Dark this weekend? Unfortunately, I am. Coming to you from the heart of Canes country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Caniac Report. No, we're not. And Yes, we are. No. Yes, we are. I'm going to go take a nap. Good night. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Uh-uh. But we will be sleepy this weekend because... Yes. That's why I want to take a nap, We're going to have two... There's no game on tonight. <laughs> we're recording this on Thursday. You just gave away everything. They probably thought we got up early Friday mornings and did this podcast for them. Now they're going to... See, know. that's just too, mi- too much expectations, Sorry, <laughs> you're, you're placing too much expectations. Well, um... But yeah, we're going to be having two late games, as you guys probably already know, this weekend. Uh, so if you're go- you're going to stay up late, like probably us, uh, good job. Because I know there, n- not everybody is a night owl. Uh, so yeah, first things first, we're going to start with some podcast news. First, we have a great sponsor with SeatGeek. It's a great deal. 20% off of your first purchase. Use code CANIACREPORT, all one word. And we also have a link in every episode description for donations for our PayPal account. If you uh, want to do that, that'd be awesome to support this podcast. And now we're going to go into some NHL news. Sam, lots of NHL news. Uh, one, Yarmo Kekalainen. Yarmo Kekalainen. Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah, go ahead, say it. Yarmo Kekalainen, the Columbus Blue Jackets general manager, is out. I am not surprised. He put his neck on the line to hire... Um, Get John- he got Johnny Gaudreau. He got Gaudreau. That Columbus. was a great move, 100% class move there. Um, and then he hired this offseason Mike Babcock. He did not even make it to the regular season because of issues there. No, he didn't. I disagreed with him being him leaving for that. Oh, that was stupid. And I, but I felt either way, if that did not work out, that was probably going to be his job. I thought Columbus had a chance to be good this season under Babcock because I think he's that good of a coach. But Things did not go that way. Columbus is in the bottom of the Metropolitan Division, and they've determined to go another direction. Now, I agree with a lot of what I've seen, I think, from like Elliot and Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick and uh, St. Pierre Lebron. A lot of these guys believe Columbus is a desired destination to be a general manager. Because you got all of the young pieces, it's now time to build around the edges, right? You're not going in trying to build the young core anymore. It's all right. We need to take that step. We're good enough to take that step. One, it's whether or not I think a lot of the turmoil really struggled. I think that spelt the end for Yarmor Kekalainen. I think he is still a very good general manager. He will get another job somewhere where the team decides to fire, where a team might move on from somebody else. Kekalainen, definitely an option there. He's a very experienced general manager. He's able to get big assets. He does good contracts. What really ended it for him, they did not have a good year. He put his neck on the line for Mike Babcock, did not work out. 
No surprise. And the but. and the end of it was really just having a bad season. That yeah. was it. Pretty much. That's what kind of broke the string. I'm a little surprised. Well, no, I guess as the more I think about it, I'm not shocked he was fired midseason. They fired him before the deadline to probably allow their interim or people they plan to keep in the organization to to make these decisions on how they move, how they how the deadline goes for them versus a general manager who was never going to stick around for them. Yes, true. And they have very good young pieces. They're going to get another young stud in the draft. And Sam, I kind of view Columbus a little bit kind of like in the same boat as Buffalo, to be honest, because they have very good young talent, uh, just like Buffalo, but it just hasn't meshed well together for Columbus. Um, I do think it can. I think they have a good um, veteran-like presence in Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau. And you also have good young talent in Adam Fentilli, Marchenko, and Cole Sillinger. I mean, you have lots of young people that could be very good. And Sam, actually, I mean, good news for Columbus in the 2024-25 season, they will be having an outdoor game. I saw that. That's good for the Columbus market. I might actually, I might try and go to that game. I like Columbus. I got family up in Ohio. I might try and hit the outdoor game. Who is it against? Uh, Did they announce? I can't it remember. I, they they announced it, but I can't remember. I wonder if it was Philly for some reason. Oh, I could be wrong. Let's take a look. Red Wings. It Battle is, of Red Wings. Ooh, okay. That's good. That's a good option. So for those of you who might not know Columbus sports, I do. My family's from Ohio. Um, Columbus and Michigan, or Ohio and Michigan, are rivals. You have the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines. And you're a Michigan fan. I'm a Michigan guy. But in this case, I will be a Blue Jackets fan in this game. So I think that's a great, great choice there. There's already a rivalry there. Maybe not as much in hockey as there is in football, but I love this. I love this. I love this. It's probably going to be played in the Buckeyes Stadium would be my guess since that's right there. So that's really awesome uh, for Columbus. Great for that market, really. And I'm hoping next season they're good, and I think they can be. I really do. Oh, yes. I I think they can be, too. They have tons of potential. The question is, can they hit it? Um, another piece of news, though, Sam, is a player, Sean Couturier, was named team captain for the Philadelphia Flyers. Honestly, Sam, this doesn't really come much as a shock. He's been with Philadelphia for, I think, his entire career. He's a veteran guy. And Philadelphia is a very hard-working team, Sam. They're on a four-game winning streak, which is which I kind of thought they were going to lose at this point. Flyers? I think they'll still... F- I don't know. I'd rather versus the Flyers than New Jersey, though. That's my thing. Yes, the Flyers don't have the playoff experience that New Jersey does. And, the goal t- well, and their goaltending well, is neither team good. has goaltending. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather go against the Flyers goaltending right now than New Jersey's. Only because we just went against New Jersey's goaltending and they mm-hmm, had a very They good would game. want revenge. They, they would want revenge from last season. Yeah, I would want to play Philly. I think we win that series in four or five games. Um, I don't know if they stick around, but now that's, I think, who we would play because I believe they're third and we're second. And I'm okay with that. We're one point above Philly in the standings for second. But we do have two games in hand. We have two games Philly. in hand, which really means these next two games against the Arizona Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights are important. 
probably a lot more important than we'd want them to be after losing. Well, especially after the loss against Dallas. You want to come out of here with at least, you want to come out of this mini road trip probably with at least four points out of a possible six. I would accept three if you can get, you know, split it. 50-50, oh, I would too. You've got to win against Arizona in my opinion. Yeah, win against Arizona. If you can push it to overtime against the Knights, that's acceptable too. Um, and even if you win both games in overtime or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter if you're giving them an extra point. Um, yeah, because they're out west. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really do think, I think Carolina is going to finish second in the division. I don't know if they're going to be able to overtake New York. I think Shesterkin's going to revert back to how good he is. Well, they're on a five-game winning streak, the Rangers are. So they're kind of back. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Again, I'm not Peter, Peter Laviolette's going to get the best out of that team, and he's doing that. Um, granted, this won't replicate itself. <laughs> Laviolette is not a replicated kind of coach. He'll get you, he'll do well first season, maybe second season after that, you'll start to see a significant drop off, which is why he didn't stick around anywhere too terribly long. He didn't stick around in Carolina too terribly long. No, he did, but he did want to Stanley cup, right? I think he coached this team for three years. I want to think he coached. The yeah, team. it was, th- I believe it was three years. I want to say it was Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven, Oh eight, Oh nine, 10 is the season. I think he got fired. Well, Paul Maurice was our head coach by then. I thought um, so. Oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and then oh eight, oh nine, and then I think he got fired either midway through or end of that season. Um, I think I, it was at the end of two thousand seven, two thousand eight season. But I could be wrong on that because that's three seasons. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, but he's capable. He's one of the most capable coaches in the National Hockey League. Yes, he is. And I mean, and I mean, good for Sean Couturier for being the team captain for Philly. They're a hardworking team. Uh, it seems like they do have a goal scorer, Sam, and Travis Konechny. He has 25 goals for Philly. So if we were to face them in the playoffs, we would have to really keep an eye on Konechny. Uh, but that's kind of all for NHL news. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, what? Laviolette spent 2003-2004. 2005, 2006, 6, 7, 7, 8, and 8, 9. He got fired 25 games into the season. Oh, I didn't know that. So it looks like he I was, was completely hired. wrong. He was hired, it looks like, 30 games into the 0304 season. So, Lav- so Mal Maurice got fired in 0304. Lavillette took over, won the Stanley Cup 05, 06. 06, 07 was a not a bad year for them. They were 40, 34, and 8. They just missed the playoffs. And 07, 08, honestly, another good year. Missed the playoffs. Bizar- honestly, bizarre. Like If you look at these stats with him, they were actually really good. Uh, 42, and thir- 42, 33, and 6 in 07, 08. 92 points somehow missed the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's something. You get 90-something points and we were second back in, then. And second in the Southeast. Well, Southeast, I mean, Southeast back then, I mean, you didn't really have stellar teams. I mean, then he comes into uh, Philly and playoff, playoff, playoffs. Oh, first season there, lost to the Stanley Cup Finals. So yeah, you just look at his I believe it was I believe it was Michael Layton that kind of carried Philadelphia to the yes, uh, it was playoffs. But if you just look at Paul Maurice in general, like you'll see what he does. He does very good. Um. 
and early on in his career with teams. So that's normal. So, I mean, that yeah. was a good hire for New York. They want to win now. That is the coach you get to win now. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all for NHL news, Sam. Uh, now let's get to some Hurricanes news. Sam, big news happened today. And I think it is very good news. And it is Frederick Anderson. He is officially back on the ice. He was on the ice today, or this morning, I should say, specifically, uh, for the Hurricanes in practice, which makes me to believe that he might be able to play this season. I don't think he should. I don't know if he'd be capable of doing it. Well, I, I, I think if he is capable... And this is a question to, honestly, the Hurricanes. If, if they feel like he's 100% and he says that he's 100%, try him for a couple games, see what happens. Well, he's not hurt. Yeah, he's not hurt. So there's no kind of getting that. to 100%. It's getting to the point where he's comfortable playing. That's true, yeah. But she hasn't even been on the ice, really, that long yet. So what would you say, Pratt? I'm... The thing is, like, I mean, I know you're practicing with the Hurricanes, but, I mean, after three, like, what do you think the cutoff is for practice before you know he's game ready, is my question. Is it three weeks, four weeks? I just don't know. You don't know in a situation like this in the reality. So, I mean. And he might not be good coming back. He might, he might not be able to do it coming back. He's an older goalie. You just don't know. You really just don't know. Yeah, you really don't. But uh, my whole thing is that if he does come back, and let's say he does play good, Sam, um, I still think your best goalie that you have right now that can win your Stanley Cup is Kachekov. Out of all, I would say probably four goalies. Because we have Martin, Kachekov, Ranta, and Anderson. And Sam, I hope you agree with me on this. If Anderson does play decently, let's say he does, um, then I, I, if Kachekov play, still is playing solid, I would not send Kachekov down. No, that'd be a mistake. That'd be a huge mistake on this But team. you don't carry four goalies. It really puts you in a spot. I just don't know at this point. Yeah, there's lots of uncertainty. Like, what if he comes back before the trade deadline? Because well. the thing is, he, I know he has to play well, but the thing is, if, is that if he is already doing these full practices with these teams, yeah, you have to think he is somewhat close. If he's at doing, least yeah. go, in, at least have that thoughts in the back of your mind. If he's doing full practices, full participation, we would think he probably plays maybe against Chicago. Right? I know that's that's my thing. We and could if you're, see him very and if you're soon. Putting him against a team. You play him tomorrow against Arizona, or you play him against Chicago. You give him a team that's not going to be too terribly difficult to beat. I'd rather go with Chicago. I would, too, because <laughs> I think Arizona's better than Chicago. Yes. But those are the two teams you do. It's one of those two. You don't do it against Vegas. Vegas. You, you don't play. do it against Vegas. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So we'll see what happens there with, with, with Freddie. I hope, I hope, I mean, if he can play good for him, I don't think he should. I agree with, um, with cat from Surgecast on this one. I don't think he should play. I don't know if he's capable. That's just reality is I don't know if he's capable and I, so nothing he, and nothing on him there as much as 
he hasn't played in months. He's what, 35, 36? Oh, no, he's younger than that. He's like 33, 34 years old. I just don't know. And at this point, I don't know if you can justify sending Kochekov down. No, I think that is a mistake. I agree with you. You, and, you and, should not send Kachekov down if you think he's the best goalie that can win you a Stanley Cup. I think Ranta is your fourth best goaltender. Over I, Martin. I, yeah. Uh, mainly, well, one, Martin's younger. Well, true. So I'm more inclined to keep him on the roster. Because but but Ranta, I, sign, I honestly sign Martin next season. But Ranta does have the better resume. Sure he does, but he's not going to be here next year. Yeah, I doubt he's going to be here next year, too. But, um, I mean, seeing him back on the ice, though, Sam, that really makes things interesting. Because if he plays well, let's say he somehow does. He plays against Chicago, and he plays well. I mean, does this... Honestly, that could really, I think, help this team, even though I have my doubts of them going for it by getting a big trade-in. Um, I mean... If you have Anderson and Kachekov both playing very well, then maybe that kind of opens up that, or I would say probably maybe that could dissolve the possibility of getting maybe another goalie. Because if you have two goalies playing well, and you also have Ronta and Martin, that's good goalie depth. I think you're probably fine. And at that point, then you could probably focus on getting a second-line center that this team desperately needs. It does. I don't care if you're taking advantage of a team that's cap-strap or if it's a natural hockey trade. you got to get one. I just don't know what's out there. I mean, who, do you, who do you want? Like, honestly, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, center? I don't know either. Is there a but here's like? the thing. What if... What, what, I mean, you know they're going to have a press conference on the day of trade deadline. Sure. What if that's their excuse, being like, well, there wasn't much out there on the market? I mean, I still think you can get somebody, and I think that answer, I do, too. I mean, me personally, I say Adam Henrique. Oh, yeah, I would do Adam Henrique. I do if, if Arizona somehow does – I mean, it's obvious by trade deadline that they're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe Nick Schmaltz. And I don't care if he doesn't fit Brendan Moore's system or not. That kind of, that argument to me kind of got dissolved anyways when they almost got Tarasenko. Yeah, it's true. We did almost sign Tarasenko. Yes, we did. And if you decide and there were to... so many people saying, "Oh, Tarasenko, he does not fit Brendan Moore's system." And if and if and and don't think Tarasenko's not off the board either. Oh yeah, I think he's one of the top players to be traded. To be honest, so it's going to be interesting on the goalie front. We'll see what happens. Uh, yes. Sam um, Elliot Friedman speculated something. It was a trade between Nashville and Carolina. We posted a poll about this. Yes. Would you trade Natchez for UC Soros? Which is what I put out there. And the answer, we had 171 votes. Wow. 63% said no. 37% said yes. I'm going to disagree with the majority on this one. I voted yes on my personal Twitter for this. And I voted yes for one reason and one reason alone. UC Soros is your would be your guy, right? And he will be your guy 
probably for the long run. And then you could do the one A, one B with Saros and Kochekov and be really good. I mean, oh, yeah, really you good. You would be able to ride Saros or you'd be able to ride Kochekov, whoever has got the hot hand. And you got Kochekov on the cheap for the next three seasons. Well, and you would get Saros for the rest of this year. All of next year, and then you could go in. You can go into this deadline, if, or into this off season, if you want, and sign him again. So, I think Soros makes a lot of sense here. If there is no intent, and Elliot Freeman said he thinks Carolina is going to struggle to sign Natchez, and I think that's very possible. I get, I see this more as an off season type of move. Very possible, yeah. Because I think a player like Marc Andre Fleury is more of a like a trade deadline type of trade. Because you're when it comes to trade deadline, I mean the cap is a huge thing, and if you can find good goalies that have the contract similar to Fleury, um, out there on the market, then that's more of a trade deadline piece than Saros who has five million dollars for the next two seasons yeah and I think even his contract's pretty good right now I, oh I do too the question is though and apparently this is what I've heard he has been he, he kind of wants an ask of around 8.5 million dollar contract I'd give it to him really yeah why not Interesting. he's that good he's that good he is that good of a goalie and I do honest, think he's amazing but and I, at that point I buy out Anderson Oh, yeah, I probably would, too. Because it's because just a season. one year left, and they did it before with Patrick Marlowe. And which was a higher, even a much more expensive buyout. Yeah, you buy out Anderson, and you yeah, have I, Soros. Yeah, I, I would, too. I come back with Soros, Kochekov, and you got Martin putting down the minors. Yes. That's, that's what I would do. Uh, but if, if we can extend Soros, I would do it. Absolutely. If it's just like two years, I don't know if I would. But well, if you're not going to, I mean, look, this is the argument. Extending? I've been yes, I would. This is the argument I've been making all season. Just you have Tara Vinan, you have Natchez, you have Shea, you have Jarvis, you have Pesci, you have Chatfield. Those are six guys you have to sign this season, or some of them can walk. Shea, Pesci, Tavo, all can walk. Chatfield can walk. They don't have to sign here. So yeah, four yeah, of they those really six don't. are UFAs. Ronta, he's also up. Yeah. I don't think he comes back, and I think you're okay there. You're in a position now where it's like... It's a huge test for Tom Dundon and company. Because yes. it's going to show it, how cheap they are. Yes. And if they're really cheap, then they're not going to make much of a team. Because they're just going to let all those UFAs walk. And for the record, Carolina, Carolina's history under Tom Dundon with UFAs isn't good. So they better not have that mentality heading into this offseason, or else you won't have much of a team left. Now, here's the thing. I'd be surprised if all those guys left, but I, I could definitely see it with Tom Dundon of having all of your UFAs walk. I just could. And it's scary, Sam. It's, it's scary thinking that. Because if they all walk, who's better than, I mean, really, at the end of the day, who are you getting that's going to be better than the com- combination of Pesci, Shea, and Chatfield? Can you lose, maybe afford to lose one, maybe two? Sure. I think you can afford to lose one. And it's probably and Pesci. Pesci. Yeah, it's Pesci. I signed Pesci. Shea. Yep. Honestly, I, what I would do, and we can, we're going to have an episode based on all these UFAs, but what I would do is I would try and Shea 
and Chaffield. Yep. And then on the cheap end, keep Tony. Six defenseman. Or keep Tony. Or keep Tony. Tony will play. Exactly. And he'll be good enough to play. Tony's good enough to play. Um, there's a lot of good options for Caroline. There's no wrong answer. So this is my thing. This is what I said when we were talking to our friends over at um, Kaniac Sessions and uh, the Warning Take podcast on YouTube. Um, this is what I believe. We need Either to have you, Brandon on, by yes, the way. Yes, we do. What we need to do, you need to do one of two things. You need to prove that you want to go all in. Right? You go get your center and you go get your scoring forward. Yes. If that means you give up... Uh, all of your draft picks for this season. Okay. We can afford to do that this year. We're good. All of our picks are late one season without having a bunch of draft picks, top end draft picks. We've got two seconds. You move your first. So I would say all three of those are available and you need to make them available. Oh, I I agree too. And if it's just for this season, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. I really am. Cause this is the season. What I wouldn't do is do kind of like what Florida did. And, and I'm your next saying, three first round no, picks, I you don't have. I, don't think I would anybody. not do that. The only player I would probably do that for would be Trevor Zegris, and I'd be like, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'd um, be too. So, if you don't go all in, then I don't think you can. Ju- you, there is nothing you can say to justify to me Pesci walking. Nothing. Yes. Or Shea yeah. or Chatfield. Nothing you say will justify that because at that point it's like you let an asset go at the deadline instead of getting better or choosing to be like, you know what, this isn't going to be our year to win the cup. Let's get something from Pesci because we know we're not going to sign him. I think there's some truth to that because I think you'd feel a lot better if they actually went and got out got a true number two center yes yes. if they go get a number two center they go get a scoring forward or they do one or both if you do that then you're proving to me okay our goal is to win i can view then pesci as an own rental yes and i'm like okay that's fine with me because you prove that you want to get better you're going all in but i don't want to hear this bullshit of we like our group we think our group is good guess what this group hasn't done it yet they haven't been able to well, do it. Here's yet. the thing. I like our group too, but it's a safe answer. That's how I see it. It's a safe answer that gives you around uh having to uh not give out any information. So I'm not reading too much into it. And Sam, I'm sure you agree with this too. Words mean nothing, action means a lot more. So yes. them actually getting it is the most important thing than them saying it. Yes. So uh, another thing too, just want to mention. I thought this was cool. Hurricanes introduced the Canes bars thing as yeah. a way for fans to connect. I thought that was pretty cool. We'll probably hit a couple of those at some point. Yeah, and this is one of our last episodes here in uh, Clayton. So yes, we'll be moving back to Cary. I'm so yes. happy. We have this episode, two more episodes next episode, this. and then our last episode, which will be next Friday, a week from today, will be our last episode here. And then we get to record our next, the next. The next episode you hear a week from Monday will be the one you'll hear from our first, our new apartment. I know. I'm going to be so happy. We're going to be like 10 minutes away from the arena. I'm so happy. Uh, But yeah, that is all for Hurricanes news. Now we're going to review the one game against Dallas that we lost. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, Sam. Uh, this Dallas game. Honestly, I thought Canes played a lot better in this game than they did against New Jersey. I thought I really thought they were a lot dialed in. Now, a couple reasons why I thought they lost this game. One, bad defensive coverage. And second, uh, the top players did not produce. I'm sorry, but when that top line doesn't have a shot on goal the entire game, you're not going to win. And I think this just proves Sam, to be honest, if Jordan Stahl is one of your is your top offensive player of the game, odds are of you winning that game, probably not going to win it. Our first line hasn't been all that good lately in general. Would you mix it up? Yeah, I'd probably swap. I'd put Jarvis on that first line. I'd put Svetch. So these are the lines I would do right now. It probably would be Aho. Tara Vinen, Jarvis, because that line was playing really well. Then I would do. Um, would I do, would do. Would you do Natchez, KK, and Svetch? Yep. Natchez, KK, to and Svetch. To get KK going. Yes. Would hopefully get KK going. And KK's a big body. So he can throw the body around, create time and space for. That'd a, be a physical Natchez. line because both Svetch and KK are very. Physical players. Then I would do Tara Vine, and then I would do, sorry, Stahl, Martin Ockfost, and then Drury, Nason, and, um... Drury, Nason, and, um, I'm, it's not Lemieux. I no. know that. Bunting. Bunting, Bunting. yeah, Drury, yeah. Nason, Bunting. And that's a tough line, too, so, I mean, that yeah. line should be able to score just as well. Exactly. So, but yeah, you gotta get KK going. KK is supposed to be your number two center got to get him going and i think he's been playing well he's been getting close and i think that would be the jolt um they arizona in reality that's the team for it to happen it is and chicago he's got to do it these next three games i'm calling it kk scoring a goal he might even get a couple i hope he does because we need a second line center and if he can prove that he can be a second line center which he has before then Maybe getting a second line center at the trade deadline isn't so much of an urgency. So, uh, but yeah, first period, Sam Dallas scores, Rope hints. Uh, to be honest, I thought this was more of a defensive coverage than I think this Kachekov is one of, being bad. I, I don't like the goal on Kochekov's end, but he I has think, some responsibility. I'm I not think, wiping responsibility from away from Kochekov. I think you can put almost three of the, I think you can put three of these goals on Pesci. 
Oh, yeah. He played terrible. I'm with you. He played terrible against Dallas. So this was one of his worst games. And in general, again, this game, I thought this was... Honestly, I thought this was his worst game. It was that Lions worst game. Shea wasn't all that great either, but Pesci was really bad. Oh, yeah. He, um, couldn't, he, he, could, he couldn't keep up with that. And Aho, Martin... I'm sorry. Aho, Svetch, and Tavo also were not very good. Our best line was the Natchez line. And even they were, I think, I really think in general, we, I think it was the great. stall. I thought it was the stall line. That was the best. They were line. good too. And I, I, I liked Jack Drury's line. I thought that line was good. Yes, I did too. I, Cause th- those two to me, honestly, I agree with you were the best lines. Uh, Carolina, obviously Sam showed signs of life in the second period. Jordan stall scores from Jarvis and Martin Jarvis. He now hits. I believe the his career high in 41 points. Great for him. Jarvis has been playing excellent along with Stahl and Martinuk. Unfortunately, Dallas scores Marchments and like we said with the Hens goal, especially with the Marchment goal, Pesci really needs to cover Marchment better. But you have fast scoring from the skate, Sam. And it's tied 2-2, two to two, so you're optimistic a little bit heading into the third period. However, Jason Robertson scores, and that makes it 3-2. to two. And then, Sam, before the empty net goal, which we are going to discuss, yes. <laughs> well, one, Pesci almost scored. Huge save by Ottinger. And you get the goal called back. And you get Jury. a goal. But it was Jack Jury, back. so you know it was going to come back. Honestly, looking back on that, I could see. So <laughs> I could see, I could see goalie interference there. I, I knew it was going to come back in the moment I saw it. But let me be honest with you: when it comes to these goaltender interference calls, why was that a good goal? But the game winner for Florida in the Eastern Conference Finals last year was a good goal. So Jerry's yeah. was a no goal. Why was the Florida one a goal? To me, I'm like, why? That's bizarre. <laughs> because the Florida guy had his stick jammed in between the legs of Anderson. So. It's inconsistency. We all know it's inconsistency. The refs aren't gospel. I'm sorry. They're no. not. And I think that's why refs should have to answer questions at the end of the game. And I didn't know this until I listened to 32 Thoughts. But Elliot Friedman even stated that the NHL is the only professional sports team that doesn't make their officials speak after games. That needs to change. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I think the goal should have counted. In fact, I probably lean toward I agree with the call. I do too. But yeah. either way, I've seen some things where like Ovechkin, I believe he scored against us and he jammed the puck in through the pads and that was a good goal. So at some point I'm just like, okay, there is zero consistency on these goals where the puck is either under the pad or next to the pad and where it is a goal versus not a goal. I don't understand. They call that a no goal with Ovechkin though in the playoffs. Oh, remember. I thought it was a goal. I don't know. They, they, they waved that off. I remember that game pretty well. Because that was the, Sam, that was the game where Ovechkin got the game misconduct at the end, if you remember. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it's, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time. But um, that Washington playoff series, Sam, was probably the most um, memorable series I've had in a long time. But, uh, yeah, and obviously, Duchesne, he scores the empty net. 
And Dallas wins it four to two. Thought Hurricanes could win it, but I did think when it comes to the progression, they played a lot better against Dallas than they did against New Jersey. And ho I mean, at the end of that second period, Sam, I thought Carolina was really reeling Dallas into their own end. I thought Carolina was going to score at the end of the second, but that's all she wrote. And that is the only game uh, we will recap because we have Arizona and Vegas back-to-back, Sam, Friday and Saturday night. We'll see how those games go. Kane's after dark. Now can I go take a nap? Yes, you can. So we will see you guys Monday. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.